Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Neil Kulong and I rehearsed this segment last week because we knew the end was coming. Sir, welcome. <laughs> it's great to be here. And yes, I, I think uh, I think that was my my greatest prediction of the year. Kansas City was going to be Pittsburgh in, in the in the wild card round of the playoffs. I, I know I fought you hard on that prediction. I mean, I, I mean, I apologize for I, mean, I, just, I was vehement and uh, <laughs> you, you put up a good argument. I, I thought about it. I thought long and hard. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, said, I said they're going to get roast, roasted. Uh, I said the Eagles are going to get roasted. The Patriots are going to get roasted. Uh, all right. So let's let's put uh, just very quickly on the game. You and I both know that so much of this, we can talk scheme all we want, but scheme's only good if you got the right matchups. This was a bad matchup from the get-go. Why? Um, it, depth. It, depth and just really the talent in, in one for one. I mean, if, if we were to pick it apart, and it's, you can't really do this, but just for, for perspective's sake, look at Travis Kelsey and look at Pat Frymuth. Uh Look at Deontay Johnson. Look at Tyreek Hill. Look at Najee Harris and look at any one of their speed demon running backs, multi-position guys, your, your Jarek McKinnon types of guys. Kansas City just has explosive playmakers, and Pittsburgh does not. It, and on top of that, you know, the biggest one of all would be the, the quarterback position. Kansas City has a quarterback that's capable of consistently throwing the ball 15-plus yards down the field. That gives you a dimension – uh, within your offense to do things. And it's exactly why, yeah, it was great. You know, it was a lot of fun. The first couple drives, Steelers defense was playing really well. Yeah. They, they were. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. They did a lot of good things. But you're not going to stop that team for, for four quarters. There's just no way you can do that in today's NFL. They're going to put points on the board. And then along with that, you had a couple breakdowns within the Steelers' defense. And just like that, it was 21-7. to And that that's the result of Kansas City – doing what it normally does. Whereas getting up seven, nothing was Pittsburgh moving the ball literally one foot at a time and then making plays on defense to do it. It's not sustainable. They're just top to bottom. Pittsburgh's offense was They were terrible, especially over the second half of the year. It was worse than it was last season. And a large part of that is they do not have playmakers, explosive playmakers. They've got a lot of guys that can plod. There are a lot of guys that, that will make plays come up with your combat catches or do things on third and five. They don't have guys that can flip the field. They don't have guys who are a, a, a threat to, to make a big play every time they touch the ball, regardless of where they are on the field. So exactly to your point, scheme is irrelevant if you don't have playmakers. And they, they completely lack playmakers on offense. We've seen it all year. We've seen it for the better part of two years. They're, they're just not good enough. And if you do have a playmaker – you have to catch the ball more than 50% of the time, uh, and that's a big problem. Uh, I, I felt like every time I watch Deontay Johnson, I feel like I'm watching the movie The Replacements. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, or he can fly down the field. And, like, <laughs> such, a, such a frustrating game yes. from him, too, because the, the first one um, ran a beautiful slant, ran a, a, an all-pro level slant. Um, the cornerback has to know Johnson when, when he's closer to uh, the tight end, when he lines up, you get, he's got to be thinking 
uh, slant is a pretty good option here. Yeah. He's lining up on him evenly. It wasn't he wasn't giving it to him. The ball was snapped. Johnson was off, and he was gone immediately. He yeah. beat him immediately off the ball, and it clunked square off his hands. Yeah. It's like, oh god, that was a first down, and that that's not the end all be all of the game. But two of those would have been first downs that he dropped. I had been three drops. Two of them would have been first downs. Yeah. That extends drives. That gets you theoretically three more plays that run some more time, that gets your, your offense more plays to run to see what the defense is doing. When you punt every down for a half, you're, you're just simply not going to get into any type of rhythm, and you don't have anything to adjust to. I mean, you weren't good at anything. So it, 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 it was extremely frustrating to see that after the year that he had because he, he came on. He was really good yeah. over the last eight, nine games of the season. You saw really how good that he can be, and he was getting open. He gives himself the opportunity to make plays, but it just you know it, it, it just didn't work for whatever reason. Um, who knows? I mean, it's not the velocity of the ball. I know that, so it really it, it's it's frustrating to see. But um, you know, if, if nothing else, Johnson showed up every game. Uh, he played the game hard. He's he's gotten a lot better as a player. I think he he still has room to grow. Uh, he's just going to have to get that figured out. You know, if, if that's something that that uh, that he can even do. All right, so now let's get to the coordinator situation. Matt Canada and Butler, Keith Butler. What are your thoughts? Um, Canada, you know, I, I can't say the full statement on the air, but you really can't make chicken salad out of chicken stuff. You know, it, it, he didn't have weapons available to do much. They, it, the reason this offense this season looks so much like it did last season is because you had a lot of the same guys. It's not the guy calling the plays. They have to draw up stuff that can work. You, you don't go into to make plays to try to trick people all the time. It's not a Disney movie, okay? They, they can adjust to what you're doing. They can figure out what you're doing. You need to be able to do simple things well, and they couldn't do that. They, they're just not very good uh, top to bottom. I'm not concerned so much with the direction of the offense in year one of Matt Canada. What I would look at more now is, uh, he's, he's had a year under his belt as far as running everything. What are they going to do? Um, what, what is it going to look like? What's their plan going to be? They've got a, a, a solid running back. They're going to have a new quarterback. I'm going to guess it's Mason Rudolph, but maybe it's somebody completely different. Um, they're going to need to draft playmakers. So you're, you're putting the, the Steelers' reputation to find good receivers at some point in the draft uh, on the line with this. It, it, it's it's similar to last year in the sense that they're they have more needs than they have picks. So how are they going to make that a priority? I think to some degree, if you want to challenge Canada, it's going to have to be you need to get him mid to late round guys, and he's going to have to make something out of them. So it, that's not just on him; that's on the position coaches as well. But they all contribute to that. I I don't think you get rid of him after a year. I'm not sure there was a point in hiring him simply because mm-hmm. last year at this time when we had this conversation, I said the same thing. They're not going to be a good offensive team next year because uh, they don't have the guys. It, it takes a while to, to build and develop that. They've got to be able to make that move this year. They're going to have to add something explosive on offense, and I think Canada is going to have to be you know, kind of a, a, an eye for that as far as what they have internally, as far as what's in the draft, as far as what's available – He's going to have to weigh in on that, and they're going to let him, you know, sleep in the bed that he made. Um, as far as Butler goes, I, you know, I've, I've heard the rumors retirement's a possibility. Um, I, I think either way, he's probably at the end of his rope. 
they're going to need to, to continue to change what they're doing. Their offense now does have to kind of, or defense, excuse me, does have to kind of go through uh, TJ Watt fully. They've made the financial commitment to it. They're going to have a lot more younger guys coming in. I think they, they did a lot of different stuff in their secondary this year. And, and with that, you probably still need to refresh talent there. Uh, you're going to have to figure out James Pierre because you're letting Joe Hayden walk for him and you bench James Pierre halfway through the year and let Akilah Witherspoon, who didn't play at all, step up and, and look pretty good. He's probably not coming back. He's going to sign somewhere that, that's above Pittsburgh's uh, desired pay range. And you're going to have to make it work with James Pierre. You're probably going to have to get more out of Cam Sutton. And with that, if Cam Sutton's on the field, hope they don't play Kansas City ever again. He got destroyed in that game. That was yeah. really bad. Yep. Um, and, and you're going to have to draft one. And then you'll sign the standard Steelers veteran slot guy like they always do. Um, to me, that that's a defensive overhaul in a lot of ways. They have a lot of good pieces in place, but the defensive line needs to be overhauled. Uh, they're inside linebackers. you got some pretty good questions there of what you're going to do. They might be at zero at that, at that position. Who knows? Um, I, I think it's time for a, a change in direction there. It's not so much that Butler did a terrible job or Tomlin had to bail him out or anything like that. It just It's time to find somebody else. Um, I, I think Terrell Austin is the guy – they've had in mind to do exactly that. Um, and I'm not against that. I, I think he did a great job with the secondary. And I think the secondary really kind of has to become more of a strength of the team now. And I mean, across the entire board, they're going to have to play eight defensive back deep. That That's kind of the way the NFL works nowadays. Yeah. And I think Austin has better insight to that uh, than Butler has shown to from the past before Austin came in. So I, I, I think Austin's probably their guy. Um, and with that too, maybe, maybe they're going to take a look at the linebacker position. I looked how to, to, to recoach that Jerry L. He's done a great job. He's been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. They've got a real problem there though. And that that's something that's going to have to be addressed, uh, in every phase of the off season. That might include coaching as well. All right. Um, the Steelers, uh, along Green Bay and the Patriots bucked the trend the last 20 plus years. Where in the NFL, the way it's designed between schedule, drafting, and so forth, you're supposed to have a dip, and then you're supposed to recover. The Steelers, Packers, and Patriots, in one form or another, stayed in the neighborhood of the playoffs and relative through the entire two-decade period. Okay, Favre, Rogers, Brady, Roethlisberger, all were centerpieces for making that happen. I know Ben at the end, the last two years, I felt like he did more aiming of the ball than he did throwing of the football. But how would you put Ben Roethlisberger's career into perspective? I think Ben, uh, overall, I, I, I hate to say this because I sound like a, a TV studio analyst that kind of just does the, the surface evaluation things, but the best way to describe Ben is tough. Um, mm -hmm. he, he gutted games out. And more than, you know, the, the, the level of competitive leadership that he showed, I think it's something the Steelers are going to see next year uh, as, as a, a, a step down. They don't have guys like that. Ben did not let his team give up. And granted, there are games like his, his last one that were, you know, both uh, completely out of reach and, you know, him playing his best didn't do anything. But there are games in which he brought the team back. They've made them – he was able to make them more competitive – because he wasn't going to let them just lose. He wasn't going to quit. There's a resounding effect of that on a team. When you know that you have a guy like that, you, you want to rise to that level. Um, without that, I think the Steelers are going to feel it. And to me, that's what a legacy really is. 
what is the team after the guy? What, what happens to them after? Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to look like. But uh, to your point, he was aiming the ball because he really couldn't throw it. I mm-hmm. don't care right. what anybody says. He did not have many instances in which he was able to rear back and really gun it the way that we've seen it. And the guy, you know, he essentially fought wars on the field. He, he, he was bludgeoned uh, over a very long career. He paid the toll for his Hall of Fame induction uh, with his body. And we're going to see that as the years go on, I think. Yeah. Um, he didn't have it. He got away with it, though. And I, I've said this for years. Ben, ben was always one of the more underrated intelligent quarterbacks he was a very cerebral player he knew what to do with the ball and i think this year probably more than anything we saw that he only had what eight interceptions or something like that they still threw a lot i mean a lot of it was because they were way behind but he he made good decisions with the ball this year because he knew he had to protect it Mm -hmm. in the past he might not have felt that as much because they had such an explosive offense they were going to be able to get it back but if he could beat a team by halftime that's what he wanted to do he couldn't play like that. He had to adjust his game. And while he wasn't difference-making good, he wasn't bad either. You know, if, if, if Ben wanted to play and he, he really felt that, there's a team that would pay him $20 million to play for him next year. I guarantee you that. Look around the league. I mean, you, you know, the teams that weren't in the playoffs, you saw some horrible quarterbacks. And I know that it's unfair that Patrick Mahomes kind of has to set the standard of, of quality quarterback play, but that's what it is now. Ben would be able to get on a field and not screw anything up and, and put his team in position to win uh, better than a lot of the quarterbacks that are in the league today. But he doesn't have anything left physically. He wasn't going to be a, a difference maker. I guess all of that really just speaks to the fact that in, in many ways, I would just say he was very underrated in terms of his, the full scope of his game. Um, he won a lot. He's not a, a top echelon guy, but I think he made his mark on this generation of the NFL and this era of the NFL in a very positive and very memorable way. And to me, that that's about as strong an endorsement I think you can give anybody right. Uh, who right now is not Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, guys that, you know, Ben's peers, even a Drew Brees. Um, these are some absolutely phenomenal quarterbacks. And Ben wasn't far below any of them. I think Ben made his team better. Uh, on a on a game to game basis, and the dude was tough as nails. You you loved watching him, and they're they're going to miss him, uh, even if he wasn't physically at his best. He he made that team better, doing everything that he could in every season, and it wasn't always going to be enough uh, in, in, to win a Super Bowl. But he he put everything out there, and I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to replace that. Not only that, I think uh, it's just a guess on my part. But you got a feeling that he was in charge more at the line of scrimmage with what they were going to run in the fourth quarter of games, and his passer rating was exponentially higher in the fourth quarter this year. It's just a guess on my part, but my guess is because he really was in charge at that point. That would not surprise me at all, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the rails here a little bit. This is a, a really silly example, I know, but I, I saw Van Halen in concert in 2012, and this is like 62 year old David Lee Roth singing for the first hour and a half of the show david lee roth wasn't even singing every third note you know it's like he was pacing himself the entire time and it was really boring it it wasn't good i was kind of frustrated i I knew what i was getting into but it it wasn't a very good show the last nine or ten songs it was obvious that he cranked it up like he had been saving himself for this the entire time and that really kind of became the show 
I think that in a way is, is to some degree is kind of what Ben was doing. I think he figured out what a defense was doing. And it, by the end of it, he had a good sense of what they were going to do. And that's when he turned it on. His best throws were always in the second half and usually in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He didn't start off the game well, I don't think, in, in any game they played this year and probably most of last year. Uh, he, he had to use what he had sparingly. We saw at times uh, he had some physical ability left. I remember a, a throw against Indianapolis last year that uh, he hadn't attempted all game or all season, and he hit it you know, square on the money. He had moments of that this season, but not enough to make you think he could do it over that time. It's almost like he was trying to save himself. And that, that speaks to he probably just doesn't have anything left physically, and that, that's really all that he had to give. Well, you know what? He felt like he gave it all for 18 years. Now, uh, time to turn the page. Uh, it's going to be one of those situations where sometimes you don't know what you have until you don't. There are going to be some Pittsburgh fans who are going to sit back and go, oh, man, I miss that dude. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll hear it in week one. Yes. Well, he's not Ben. Well, he's not Ben. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to hear that for a generation. Yeah. My friend, thanks so much. A uh, lot to talk about in this offseason, so I look forward to talking next week. Definitely. I'm look, looking, uh, looking forward to doing that. Thanks for having me.